Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is trait nine. We confuse love and pity and tend to love people we can pity and rescue. Big Red Book, page 12. In many aspects of our lives, we're drawn to the familiar, not because it is good for us, but because it is more comfortable than change. You know, I, I think this is why in a lot of ways in dysfunction, it, you know, if you grow up in a dysfunctional family, you tend to feel more comfortable in a dysfunctional environment rather than something that's healthy just because it is more familiar. So very much can uh, you know attest to this. The fact is that as much as many of us protest, we're drawn to other dysfunctional people. Um, true, but scary. The reason for this attraction is very likely a deep sense of shame many of us carry from our childhood that we keep as a our well-guarded secret. The message of this shame is that we're not good enough because as children, we did not feel valued for who we were. Only by entering into relationships with other sick people will our secret be secure in the chaos of the dysfunctional. We can focus on them and rescue them, which often makes them want us more, at least for a while. <laughs> Why did they not teach any of this at school? It's kind of important, no? Anyways, back to the reading. As we gain self-respect in ACA, these innate attractions start to disappear because we realize we're not getting our needs met. Oh, I like that word of self-respect. As we change and as hard as it can seem at first, we may have to leave some relationships behind if the other people are not willing to change also. You know, this can be really tough when it comes to family members. In doing so, we learn to reject the notion that it, this is somehow selfish. That is codependent thinking. That is not fair to anyone, least of all ourselves. On this day, with the help of my higher power, I choose healthy people to be part of my life, people who are willing to embrace the new me. And I think that takes an honest assessment of what's healthy, who are the healthy people, who are growing, what are healthy work environments, not what are familiar work environments, but what are healthy ones. The next reading comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic, it's a great one, unconditional love. The child feels he must perform or do well to earn a patient's love, parent's love. For many of us, we had to perform appropriately to get any feeling of love or acceptance as children. But conditional love was the only love, if any, that we received. And yeah, I think that's, you know, when someone says workaholism is trauma, you know, and, you know, the message that I was given is just work harder, you know, and, you know, it wasn't until I got into recovery and really not even, you know, you know, more into it that I realized that working harder is going to get me further away from the solution. And actually the solution is to, you know, take it easy a little bit here. Back to the reading. We heard people talk of many of the times the conditions were as dysfunctional as the love, and often they change from day to day. We heard people talk of unconditional love, but many of us didn't think that it really existed. It's like in a lot of ways in a dysfunctional family, it's like predicting the stock market, and it can be an addiction, or not an addiction, but it just becomes something that consumes your mind. It's very easy to get lost in that and you know lose yourself. In ACA, when we listen to the voices in our heads that tell us we're not good enough, we understand this is our inner critic. It's no longer a parent's voice, but our own, repeating the negative words spoken to us as children. But how did this happen? We weren't going to be like our parents. But here we are, telling ourselves the very words that cut us like a knife when we were vulnerable children. Once we see the harm we are doing to ourselves and know why it's happening, the ACA program helps us replace negative words with positive affirmations. And, you know, who is against positive affirmations? The critic. You know, who is against growth versus constant things, the critic, 
And that's not me. Those are just repetitive voices. And, you know, we really have to create our own affirmations. And page 329 and 330 of the Big Red Book is money when it comes to that. Back to the reading. We can give ourselves the unconditional love that was denied us as children. We don't have to please anyone to get it. The cycle of pain is ending. We are now free to face life with a positive frame of mind, getting ready to give the blessing of unconditional love to others. On this day, I give myself unconditional love and acceptance. In doing so, I will then truly be able to accept and love others. And now we move to the always amazing Melody Beatty, and the topic is saying yes. Yesterday, we talked about learning to say no. Today, let's discuss another important word, yes. We can learn to say yes to things that feel good, to what we want for others and ourselves. We can learn to say yes to fun, yes to meetings, yes to calling a friend, asking for help. Wow. Fun, meetings, calling a friend, asking for help. Man, life gets pretty easy if you do all one of those four. If you do all four of those four, wow. We can learn to say yes to healthy relationships, to people and activities that are good for us. We can learn to say yes to ourselves, what we want and need, our instincts, and the leading of our higher power. We can learn to say yes when it feels right to help someone. We can learn to say yes to our feelings. We can learn to identify when we need to take a walk, take a nap, have our back rubbed, or buy ourselves flowers. We can learn to say yes to work that is right for us. We can learn to say yes to all that will nurture and nourish us. We can learn to say yes to the best life and love has to offer. Today, I will say yes to all that feels good and right. And the final reading from Melody Beatty, and I'm excited about this one, saying no. For many of us, the most difficult word to say is one of the shortest and easiest in the vocabulary. No. Go ahead and say it out loud. No. You know, that was actually very uncomfortable because I, you know, I, I've heard people say no is a complete sentence, but, you know, there's always been this need to justify. No. Simple to pronounce, hard to say. We're afraid people won't like us or we feel guilty. We may believe that a good employee, child, parent, spouse, or Christian never says no. It's so true, too, that saying no is a superpower and some of the most successful people, you know, yeah, I think it was, I think it was Steve Jobs who said he, I'm more proud of the things we said no to than the things we said yes to. The problem is if we don't learn to say no, we stop liking ourselves, right? That gets into the codependency territory and the people we always try to please. We may even punish others out of resentment. When do we say no? When no is what we really mean. When we learn to say no, we stop lying. People can trust us and we can trust ourselves. All sorts of good things happen when we start saying what we mean. If we're scared to say no, we can buy some time. We can take a break rehearse the word, and go back and say no. I'm going to repeat that two more times. I've never even occurred to me. If we're scared to say no, we can buy some time. We can take a break, rehearse the word, and go back and say no. I could also say ask for help. We can take a break, rehearse the word, and go back and say no. We don't have to offer long explanations for our decisions. When we say no, we can say yes to the good. Our no's and our yeses begin to be taken seriously. We gain control of ourselves. And we learn a secret. No, isn't that really hard to say? Today, I will say no if that is what I mean. And sometimes it's hard to say yes or no because of vagueness. And again, the steps, you know, clear, you know, give you a proper prescription and, you know, can say that, you know, sometimes when I'm saying yes, I'm probably saying no to myself and my inner child and my higher powers will. 
And that concludes today's readings for Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kawan Saluja reminding myself to pause because that's where God is, to feel my feelings, and to love myself.